Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan. And today, we're going to be talking about something, a very important topic about how we can change the way that we manage chronic disease. And we're actually even going to be talking about the current state of our healthcare system and what can be on the horizon. And it's a very uplifting and hopeful conversation that I feel like a lot of you are going to resonate with. So before we invite in our incredible guests, what we're going to do is what we always do, which is so important for us as women, is to take a moment to stop and pause and breathe. Rest is can happen in many different ways, and rest can happen in just the smallest moments. And we can take our power back by saying, I'm going to stop in this moment. I'm going to feel into my body, and I'm going to breathe. Because rest is a form of protest against all the overdoing, overstriving, the pushing, the overwhelm, the anxiety. So in this moment, just feel into the sacredness of your body and the power that you have to reclaim the sovereignty Reclaim your choice. And so we'll take a couple deep breaths here in your body, maybe even placing your hands upon your body and just sensing the power that your body has to heal itself if given the right environment, the right support, the wisdom and the strength of your own body. And so one way that we can really celebrate this is just allow the corners of your mouth just to curl up slightly, just this essence of a smile and just simply say yes, yes, yes. Yes to your body's power, yes to your own sovereignty, yes to your own choice. And then let's go ahead and make our way back so we can dive into this conversation with Melanie Dorian. Now, I met Melanie... uh, at an event that she did here locally in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I am so impressed with her because Melanie really believes that we can change the face of healthcare and disease management and that we really, this is an incredibly important thing that we do. And she's an integrative and functional nurse practitioner, founder and medical director at Vital Health Center. She focuses on managing and reversing chronic diseases, disease prevention, and corporate wellness. Her approach is grounded in nursing, functional, and naturopathic medicine philosophies. She studied naturopathic medicine at Bastyr University in Washington before doing her nurse practitioner degree at Seattle University. And she has received advanced training in geriatric medicine, obesity management, management, nutrition, exercise science, herbal medicine, and genetics, which allows for a really unique approach to health concerns. And Melanie is also a chronic disease survivor, so she knows what she's talking about because she's been through it herself, and she has been able to reverse multiple chronic illnesses and is now dedicated to helping others. So she has her own journey to help inspire her helping others, and so she thrives to support patients who want to feel their best, whatever their role is in life. And so welcome, welcome, Melanie. Thank you. Yay. So happy you're here. I'm really excited to be here. This is super empowering and exciting and uplifting to be able to share 
you know, both you and I's thoughts. And when we chatted a couple months ago, probably now for the first time, just realizing how much of how much we align in what we want to do, you know, through like separate fields that we're doing it. But this is really great. Yeah. And, you know, you were not always on this medical path. Like so often we have a particular goal set in mind or a particular vision for our life. And then something comes in and redirects us. And that happened to you. <laughs> you were actually a, a pro cyclist at the age of 18 on the track to the Olympics. So tell us a little bit about that and what kind of set you on the path to this medical career. Well, I'm going to share a little part of my story and the, the part that really, really directed my, what is now my, my career in December of 2001, I was in a hospital room in Montreal and I was spiking 102 fever and I couldn't breathe. And the doctor who was holding my chest, my chest x-ray asked me, he's like, how many packs per day do you smoke? And I looked at him and I said, you're joking, right? And I, I said, I'm an athlete. I've never smoked anything in my life. He said, well, your lungs look like smoker's lungs. You have severe pneumonia and you're, you might have scarring for life in your lungs. So that day I retired from professional sports and I abandoned my Olympic dreams. I was on the Canadian national team for cycling. I had been national champion, North American champion. And the summer before in 2000, I was trying to qualify for the Olympic team for the Canadian Olympic mountain bike team. And after this event, I decided, I realized I had been healthy. I had been fit, but I wasn't healthy. So a couple months later, I packed my four door blue Chevy Cavalier and I drove 12 hours South. I crossed the Canadian border, left Canada and drove all the way to the Blue Ridge mountains here in beautiful Virginia. And I just stayed here for as long as I could. I needed to just hide. There's one person in Virginia who knew me, who knew my name, but everyone else, no one else knew me. And I wanted to be anonymous. I didn't even use my real name for an entire year. I did not want to explain to one more person what my next race was going to be, or was I going to try for the Olympics again? So I just needed to rest. And I entered this journey realizing, again, I had been fit, but not healthy, I entered this journey of, I'm going to figure out what's going on. I'm going to go get some health, some help, and I'm going to get healthy again. And I would hear, you're anemic. Take this iron pill. Why, doc? Because I eat all the right foods. We don't know. I have breathing issues still. Refer to a pulmonologist. Go see the pulmonologist. Say, you have asthma. Here's an inhaler. Why, doc? There's no reasons why I should have asthma. We don't know. My favorite one was, well, you have a lot of health issues and you're tired a lot. You probably have depression. Here's an antidepressant. Mm. So after over a year of this, I realized this is bullshit. Like this system is not going to get me better. So at that point, I knew what I had to do. And I went to medical school. Now, so I want to stop you there. I love that you're like, okay, I'm not getting solutions <laughs> from this medical. <laughs> so I'm going to go, I want to go to medical school and figure this out for myself. I'm like, well, I mean, and I was, I was becoming debilitated. I could see the progression. Uh, I was not in good shape and I was accumulating more and more health issues and I could see a pretty significant decline in my health. I, even after resting and after doing all the right things, eating the right things, taking supplements, I wasn't getting better and I was declining. So I was really concerned and I had all these goals. It was, certainly was in depression. When I had a good day, I'm extremely motivated. And there's lots I want to do. I, I'm a happy person, even when I was sick. 
but my health was just not, not there. So I put myself through pre-med and then I went through naturopathic medical school at Bastyr University in Seattle. Second year of medical school, I could read my lab results. So I'm sitting in the medical library and I took over an entire table. My classmates hated me for it. I'm surrounded by medical textbooks. I have my binder of health stuff because I had put everything in a binder, all my labs, my imaging, all that. I could read my lab results. So I started looking at all my labs supported by medical textbooks and all that. And I realized, wow, at least half of my health issues are right there in my lab results. All the way from 10 years before, I had markers and evidence in my blood work of what was going on now. And I realized, wow, the allopathic medical system is completely failing me. Why did all these providers miss it? I had severe nutritional deficiencies, not just a little borderline, severe. I had hormonal issues. I had multiple chronic infections and I had autoimmune diseases. None of these multiple providers had put these pieces together. So I did. I put the pieces together. I formed a team of providers to help me with all these issues that I had just uncovered. I under I I went uh, I did more testing and then I did a comprehensive management, pretty similar to what I do now, a really comprehensive management plan and after a couple months I started feeling a lot better. I was able to start exercising. And this year in March, so a couple months ago, I raced the Miami half marathon. And not only did I win my age group by a lot, I got 21st woman overall out of 800 women in a pretty massive race in, in the US. The Miami half marathon is a big deal. You know, so what I want to do now with this story and with my career is to give people hope. You don't have to give up the things you love because you have a chronic illness. You can still thrive in spite of having and living with chronic illness. But also, I want to give people hope that you can prevent chronic illnesses. If someone had really cared and put the pieces together in my lab results, they would have seen what was going on. And some of my chronic illnesses and the damage that was done to my body could have been prevented. I really, I know because that's what I do for my career now. I prevent disease processes from turning into a full-blown disease or prevent more damage from being done. So I really want, I'm on this mission of giving people hope that there's a different way of doing healthcare and there's a different way of managing chronic illnesses because my story, I lost a lot. I lost a thriving career in sports that I absolutely loved. I loved being paid to ride my bike, to travel around the world, to meet people, climb the biggest, most beautiful mountains in the world. That was my job. I loved it. And I wasn't ready to retire, but I had to because my body was broken and the system failed me. And it's not because I didn't have access. I was on the Canadian national team, had access to all the best national team doctors. I was seeing annually my primary care provider. I was doing everything right, taking what they told me to take, yet I was getting sicker. And that is a story that I hear time and time and time again. And that's not okay. So why do you think that with under the current healthcare model that they're missing so much? Like they're not really paying attention to all these different markers. What is it well, about our current system that it doesn't allow for doctors to really see? So the allopathic medical model, which is the Western traditional medical model, is a disease man management and symptoms management model. So what they did in medicine is they took a model from emergency medicine, from urgent care and orthopedics, and they applied that everywhere. <laughs> they applied that to primary care. They applied that to chronic disease management. And guess what? It's 
it's a different field. It's a different category. It's a different beast. Like it's not the same. So that model applied. So the urgent care and emergency care model applied to primary care and chronic disease management doesn't work at all. I mean, it's estimated in 2030 that 50% of the population, adult population will be living with a chronic illness in seven years. Chronic diseases are not getting better in the US. We are ranked 37th out of 40th in the world for healthcare outcomes. I mean, we flunk. I'm an athlete. If I get 37 out of 40th in a competition, it's a bad day. Yeah. Like you suck, right? Like, so that this, we, but also by us consumers adhering to that model, we are facilitating and we're continuing that model. So the model that looks at, okay, you have a broken bone, align the bone, put a cast, send you home. You have this symptom, it's pneumonia, get an antibiotic, go home. I'm very thankful for that model. At one point in my life, in my career, I had five concussions. Four of those, I got back on the bike and I finished the race. Let me tell you, I received allopathic care and I was very thankful for it. I have three broken bones and I received allopathic care and I was thankful for it. There's a time and a place for it, but chronic disease is not it. Primary care is not it. So what's happening is that the lens, a provider who looks at lab results, the lens is to diagnose disease. If there's not a clear disease based on the algorithms that they've studied, because I studied those algorithms, I had to pass my boards for nurse practitioner. And if that lab, if that blood sugar test doesn't say this number, you don't have diabetes. So you don't have issues, which is super foolish because chronic diseases develop over months and years. And if you're not trained and the allopathic training, so any MD, DO, and nurse to studies allopathic medicine, that's what that model is. They're not trained to look at things and look at patterns and try to see if there's a process going on. They are trained and very well trained, very good at diagnosing disease. Gosh, when there's a disease process, a broken bone, I mean, we are good at it in medicine. But what we are not good at, because that's not the training, is looking at trends and putting pieces together and looking at, well, if this doesn't change in five to 10 years, this might be your future. So that's what the naturopathic and functional medicine lens does. We look at things differently to try and see where are things out of balance in the body and put it together with patterns and try and see if that's going to lead to something bigger and worse later on and start reversing that process. So allopathic medicine is not there to look at trends, to try and prevent disease. That's not what they do. They are there to diagnose it and to manage the symptoms. That's it. Yeah. And it almost sounds like, you know, you go it for the allopathic method. It's like, it's not really catering to the individual. It's almost as if you go in, you tell them what your symptoms are and they plug it into a system. And if you don't meet that system, then either you you have something or you don't have something. That's how they <laughs> diagnose you. And they're yes. not actually looking and listening to you, like really, really listening and paying attention to all the different things that could be at play over a long course of time. And so, and then you become like, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this have probably experienced frustration and going in and being like, okay, I'm not receiving one. I don't feel like I'm being really deeply listened to and what you're offering me doesn't really fit. And so what I hear you saying is that you're really listening to your patients and you're paying attention to all of these different markers and not just plugging them into some sort of system that's going to spit out a particular result or diagnosis. 
That's 100% accurate. You effectively summarize the big part of the training that allopathic practitioners receive. You are very, you're trained to very, very quickly gather the symptoms, gather the information. If you have lab results, put it in a box called an ICD-10 code. So you are diagnosed based on International Coding Diagnostic Manual or ICD-10. So they put you very quickly into an ICD-10. And then everything else that you say that might be very pertinent and important, they kind of stop listening. Not really, but now like you're put in a box. So now they follow an algorithm that they've memorized and, memorized and studied to see what's the next step. The next step is maybe follow-up testing. Um, a prescription medication is the most common follow-up step, maybe a referral, maybe a surgery. So there's not a lot of options in these algorithms. So what we do in functional and naturopathic medicine is we don't ignore these ICD-10 cones, we use them. But when we do an intake, when we do a history, I mean, I've taken so much training in functional naturopathic and nursing school. Um, it's an, a science and an art of doing a history to not put someone in a box quickly. I mean, sometimes I talk to someone for an hour. Sometimes people feel like it's small chat. I'm like, oh, it's not small talk. I'm assessing everything you're telling me. And I'm like now putting patterns together. And the number of times, and I always invite spouses, partners, and support system into those intake. And I'm like, so I've heard, you know, Julie Smith's perspective on what's going on. I turn to the spouse, the partner. I'm like, so how, what's your experience of this? How are you living this? And I get so many clinical pearls. And then I take step back, steps back and I tell people I'm going to take the 10,000 bird's eye view, 10,000 foot bird's eye view. And I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I need to look at the whole forest. And then I come down with lab results with very targeted question. And I start looking at the specific trees. I start looking at the specific soil. I start looking at the water or the lack thereof. And then I come back up and I put the picture together. And that takes time and that takes training. And allopathic medicine doesn't do that training. But otherwise, when you study allopathic medicine, you are taught because it's based on urgent and emergency medicine and orthopedic. You have to, you better make an assessment quickly in the, in the ER and they're good at it. Gosh, they're good. Mm -hmm. And then you make an assessment and then you have a treatment plan right away. That's already been figured out. There's not a lot of room to be creative. I put pieces together that in a creative way and I put creative solutions attached to those those things that are out of balance and what I just heard. And I can't help but feel in, into what you're saying and what comes to me when I'm listening to you is that this allopathic method is very linear approach. It's very hyper-masculine and this new approach actually brings in the ability of a little bit of the feminine wisdom that can come from allowing ourselves to see the whole picture, pulling in from all aspects of the environment and allowing us to be more creative in our approaches and even, dare I say, a little bit intuitive. Oh, yes. I mean, this medicine is a science and an art, and there's a lot of art. In what I do, there's a lot of art, but you become a good artist by doing art. You mm -hmm. don't, you're, you're born with a certain amount of talent, but then you have to really hone in and really work at it and study more and do it and practice and listen to people and put things together and try things and work with we call them members and not patients, work with members, learn more, grow and be flexible. This is like totally being stepping into your feminine of being very flexible and having the ability to pull from all sorts of different directions and things 
and just being okay with it, just going mm-hmm. with the flow, receiving the information and then putting it together in a really creative way. And creative, not like creative outside of science, but yeah. creative, like using using science and medicine in, in a creative way. That's what I tell people. I'm like, I'm not a musician. I'm not like, I don't paint. I don't, you know, do art in that in that regard. But what I do is I creatively put medical and science pieces together. And that's where I'm an artist. I create protocols that are outside the box, still evidence-based, science-based, but I put pieces together in a way that's artistic. Um, but it's needed. We need healers who are creators and who create and who do this um, with pieces that are a little bit outside of the box, outside of the linear algorithms mm-hmm. for chronic disease. Remember, the the, the context is chronic disease. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. do that. When you have a broken bone, go see the orthopedist <laughs> in the ER, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I can help, but <laughs> your cast yeah. is going to look pretty. It's but, mm. Yeah, so. but when you have these complex <laughs> issues, we need something where we can actually have a multiple support system. I mean, and you have that on your staff as well, which I'd love to talk about when we come back from this break, but we are up to our first break of the show. So if you are listening and you love the show, consider being a sponsor or a supporter of Women Thriving Unapologetically. Our mission here is to provide a global platform for women to expand their reach, share their messages and work. And each show aims to inspire, support and equip women to reach their highest potential and step into their power to lead, love, and work and live unapologetically. So if this resonates with you, then definitely reach out to me at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. And I'll share with you how we can make this happen. We'll be right back after this short break. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We are here today with Melanie Dorian and we're having an incredible conversation on how our current healthcare system is I hate to use the word broken, but it is not supportive of 
complex issues and chronic diseases. And here in the United States, I think, Melanie, you mentioned that up to, was it 50% of our population is suffering from chronic diseases? By 2030, it's by 2030. Us, yeah, the yeah. health, our health agencies in the U.S. estimate that by 2030, almost 50% of the population will have a chronic illness, meaning something that's progressed over years mm-hmm. and missed opportunity to prevent and reverse. But people are living with things that are almost permanently out of balance um, in their bodies, requiring more care, medications, surgeries, uh, impacting people's life. Yeah. And our current system is not supportive of finding the solutions for those, uh, those uh, complex problems. And, you know, I'm just kind of curious because there's a lot of fads out there in healthcare. And, you know, do you see a lot of these fads really inhibiting our natural ability to thrive? In what way? Tell me a little bit more about the fads. so we're talking about, you know, all these different trends around diet and um, and how people are looking for the quick fix to things and how oftentimes because they're looking for that quick fix, they're not taking the time that is necessary in order for them to really um, regain that sovereignty over their bodies because, you know, our society is always telling us, oh, you know, we can have everything right now. Here's a, there's a pill for that. Every time you turn on the TV, there's a commercial for some medication where you'll have the immediate benefit of taking that pill. And, and how is that really hurting our ability to heal ourselves at a very deep level? As I guess if that's the question. Yeah. And I, I think you really uh, highlighted something that's important. The model current allopathic medical model is a model of a pill for an ill. You have a symptom, you get a pill, you have a condition, you have, uh, you get a a prescription or you get a referral. It's always something quick. So we have lost the, especially at the primary care level, or even within specialties, the engagement of discussing diet and lifestyle as part core part of a management strategy. So in the last 50 years, there's been a significant increase just in the last, uh, there's been a uh, almost 30% increase in prescription medications in the last 10 years, not because we're sicker, because we're being advertised more. So, and pharmaceutical company, pharmaceutical companies, this is not a conspiracy theory, guys, like this is easy data to, to look at and to find the pharmaceutical companies invest billions, not millions, billions every year to make consumers think that way, that it's an easy solution. If you're struggling with chronic health issues, meaning you've had things that are out of balance, you've had symptoms that have been going on for six plus months, a couple of years, it's chronic, whatever's going on is chronic, then what the pharmaceutical industry and now the medical model teaches us is that there's going to be a quick fix. Well, guys, there isn't. So it is hurting people and harming people in a way that it's actually, and you talk about sovereignty. When I talk to people, I say, my goal is to give you your health sovereignty back, teach you self-efficacy so you can take care of yourself, take care of your family and help your friends, help people around you. And the quick fix, the fads that, oh, a six-week diet, are you kidding me? You've been sick for six years and you think that six weeks is going to fix things? I mean, it might help and it's important to clean up the diet, but if it's not part of a comprehensive strategy where you are involved and you take a big, big part in your care, you take a lot of ownership, 
then it you're most likely not going to get the long-term lasting results that you could or you should. So yes, I, I totally agree that. And I do believe that the fads that are out there, but also it, the fads are there because it's been a thought and an idea and a philosophy that's been marketed to us and promoted to us that there is going to be a quick fix. When it comes to chronic diseases, there is not a quick fix. It's just not going to happen. It's not to say that you can't improve your health quickly. I mean, on average, I see people within four to six months working with us after years of illness at the end of working with us at Be Vital, they report complete to significant resolutions of their health issues. Uh, 75% res- of people. Do, you, do people resist that at first though, because they're just so desperate for that quick fix or they've been told this lie when people come to see you, do you feel like they're like, like they, do they resist that? Like, I mean, because we're offering them sovereignty over and choice and yet it's sometimes I find when I work with my clients, they rather, they want someone else to do it for them. They want the quick fix. They don't want to put the the time and the effort and the energy and the investment into it because they've been told that, you know, you can have this easier, but it's never really a short-term solution for something that's been going on long-term in your body or your mind for Correct. Even decades and then- decades. Big part of the mission at Be Vital is to educate people about this. So we do free educational events almost every week to educate people on the healthcare crisis, on the different model, and on what does it take to reverse or prevent or manage holistically a chronic illness. So the members, people who come to us, oftentimes everything else has failed them. Unfortunately, I, I, I would like more people to do preventive care and come to us before they have chronic complex illness, but I am in the business of <laughs> identifying, managing, and reversing chronic complex illnesses. But the people who come to us, and I mean, after a quick chat, uh, we usually, my team and I, are able to figure out if someone is still looking for a quick fix or they're willing to really take ownership of what's going on and really be involved in their care. So we only accept, we don't accept everybody into our practice at Be Vital. We accept people after an interview and a pre-education process uh, who are ready, who are able and willing. And sometimes there's some really good reasons why people might be willing to, but they're unable to make changes. So we take people when they are ready because our our programs are involved and reversing chronic illness is going to be involved. You're going to have to make sometimes pretty drastic changes in your diet and you're going to have to make some adjustments in your lifestyle and you're going to have to learn stress management and then be able to implement any medical management that I recommend. So people who come to us are typically the ones who have tried all the quick fixes and nothing works. So they, they've hit in a way their rock bottom and they're able and willing to do whatever it takes now, truly do whatever it takes to improve their health. And I love your approach. Like you're, you're with them for the long haul and it's not just you, you have a whole staff of people that have a lot of various backgrounds because you know what your, your specialty is and you know what you're not good at. And so you've brought in a whole staff of people and you also have these pillars in your business where it's not just about diagnosing something and then giving, you know, a solution for that, but it's also, you talk about the stress management and the the mind body approach to it as well. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you have these pillars in your business? 
So what I did is I've been, I've been in this medicine for over 10 years now, and I hit the ground running right out of school doing chronic disease management. I was doing traditional primary care and chronic disease management, but I've always done chronic disease management. I knew that's what I wanted to do when I was in school. So I, and about two years ago, I really wanted to understand why certain people did so well and others didn't do as well. So I took a lot of time analyzing hundreds of protocols and looked at, okay, these five people with five similar conditions, these two people did extremely well, one person did okay, and two others didn't do well at all in terms of outcomes. What did I do differently? So I started really looking at the things that I did, the things that I didn't do, and came up with what we call our five pillars at Be Vital and realize what it takes for the conditions that we treat. We don't treat everything. We treat 20, 25 things and chronic complex illnesses at Be Vital. So I realized what do we need to do? What do I need to do? And I realized it was a diet and lifestyle program. First, when we did more comprehensive diet and lifestyle support and the members received coaching, the outcomes improved tremendously. When these people had support at home, they did a lot better. So it's part of my process now. If they don't have a support system, we work with them at figuring out getting a support system. And then it's a, I tell people, my programs, all of them, my corporate wellness program and my chronic disease management programs, it's a diet lifestyle coaching first. If you come to me and you just want medicine and you just want a diagnostic and you want testing done, you're in the wrong place. What I've seen in my practice 10 plus years now, that is not what works. That's an allopathic model of medicine first. No, I would like for me to not be needed often or at all. I, I job security, chronic disease, but I don't want it. That's not how I want my job security. So it's uh, the five pillars are diet, lifestyle, coaching first. Uh, and then everybody is going to do some who goes through one of my programs, pretty extensive testing, but it's very, very targeted, very specific testing has a really good ROI, a return on investment. I do a test because if that result is abnormal, there's absolutely an action that my team and I will take based on that. A lot of the testing that is done nowadays in medicine, I'm like, why did that even get done? Like, it's not even going to change the management plan. So, and then I really look at metabolism, infections and inflammation, and then hormones. And those are the five pillars. So diet, lifestyle, coaching, and then I look at uh, inflammation and metabolism and then hormones. And I take a deep dive. So I'm two parts of that five-part process. You know, our pillars, there's five pillars. And I'm only needed for two of those parts. The rest, my health coaches do that. My nurses do that. It's implemented and people are supported so that people can implement the change that is needed. I come in and I bring in pretty high-level, very specific functional medicine. But just this is a, a little bit of medicine with a lot of diet lifestyle coaching. And that's what works. My success rate went from 40 to 50%, which is still really good in chronic disease, to now two years that I, it's been two years that I've changed the model. And our success rate is about 75% of people report complete to significant resolutions of their issues, which is unheard of in functional medicine. Uh, was it unheard of in allopathic medicine? It's actually pretty common in functional medicine, our success rate. I'm part of a practice uh, management group. So they help, they do business consulting for integrative and functional medicine clinic. And we report our data anonymously. We standardize some surveys 
So what we are doing is we put hundreds of brilliant functional and integrative practitioners together. We have pulled our data and our knowledge to help each other out. We have over 20,000 data points now showing that a functional medicine, integrative medicine that as diet lifestyle and coaching first improves health outcomes, parameters of sleep, weight, blood sugars. This is what we're tracking and improves this. Like 84% of people going through a program like mine reports weight weight loss when weight loss was a goal. Like it's pretty cool and sustain and maintaining the weight loss. So the five pillars work, but it's not medicine first. And that's where the allopathic model, uh, but they're needed in the right context. Again, I'm not against that model. I use it. I'm integrative. When I use, when I need to prescribe, when I need, I see an infection and I need an antibiotic, I'm so thankful as a practitioner that I have access to that for my members. But oftentimes, could we have done something to prevent this? And that's how I think. I'm like, okay, we got here. We need to manage this. And that's where the allopathic model stops. Where I, What we do, my team and I, is how did we get here? We need to manage this. But now we need to deconstruct and understand how did we get here and start peeling the layers and remove the obstacles for the body to heal. Everyone through our program will work with my health coach at doing an elimination diet of some sort. Clean up your diet. I tell people, put your big girl pants on, eat your vegetables, remove the junk. You're going to do that pretty strictly for a couple of weeks, not forever. And then they're going to do a detox, gentle detox. Some, sometimes people need to detox for three months, for six months. Some people, they detox for six weeks and, oh my gosh, like everything gets better. Right? So, And the body's ability to be resilient and heal. I am humbled every single week by the healing that I see, the healing capacity of the body, mind, body, spirit. I see people who come to me very discouraged. They haven't given up yet because they're in my office, but they are beat down by a system, by their chronic illness. They're spiritually bankrupt. And six months later, I see them step into their powers and they're tackling challenges in life that they've been wanting to do. They're traveling. I have this 70, she's 76. I just saw her two days ago for her final follow-up in one of my programs. And she's sitting in the waiting room. She's all like this, talking with my nurse and my office manager. And she's smiling. She looks incredible. She's radiating. She's like, I just booked another cruise. I and I garden for eight hours this weekend. She's 76. She came to me four months ago. This was four months ago. She was gray, pale, completely depleted, convinced she was ruined forever because she had long COVID. I'm like, uh-uh, you ready to let go of that diagnostic, that, that, that diagnosis? I might let go of that code. I'm like, you just don't feel good. That's that's the box you're in. You feel like crap. <laughs> that's the diagnosis I'm going to give you. I said, okay, you, you you let it go. All right. You're not attached to that anymore because people get attached to their yes. diagnoses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just let it go. You just feel like crap. We're going we're gonna to help you. I don't know to what extent I said, but we're going to help you. And she's so motivated and compliant. And uh, yep. So four months later, she her weight has stabilized. She feels great. She has tons of energy. Her pain has almost completely resolved. She had brain fog to the point where I was potentially going to refer for uh, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, eval at UVA because her memory issues were so significant. She should get, she's fine now. She has no problems with her memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In four months, we, this is what we, we did with this model with the five pillars. I mean, her hormones were almost non-existent. She's 76. She should still have hormones. You, a woman... Please, even if you're postmenopause, perimenopause, you should have detectable levels of hormones. Um, she had non-detectable levels of critical hormones. 
balance her hormones. I didn't do that much. Like my coaches did so much with her. I balance her hormones. I address an infection she had and that's it. I balance her thyroid. I did three very simple things, part of my pillars. And now she's kicking butt. She's going on a cruise and she's talking about all the gardening she's going to do. <laughs> I mean, this is just such a beautiful example of what's possible when we allow, like just give the environment that the body needs to heal. Like just to start with something very simple, like the diet and the cleansing and just really setting the body up for success because the body is incredibly wise and is, you know, designed to be able to heal itself. And it's just about how do we really give it that opportunity to do that. And I love how you're just bringing in these other pillars that are really supportive for people because we need so much support when we're moving through chronic illness and pain and, and, and it really addresses the, the mind, body, spirit aspect, which, you know, in modern medicine, we completely forget about that, you know, Hey, we are spirit as well. And we need to nurture that as well so that we can actually have more joy in our life and more fulfillment. And, you know, it's really difficult to have that if we're not feeling good. So we have to address that oftentimes first. And then, but you're also addressing all these other pieces that are make up who we are as a whole being. So I really love that. And we are up to another break. So I have so many more questions I want to ask, but I'm not going to ask them now because I have a tendency to ask and then forget when we come back from break <laughs> what I asked. So I'm going to hold on to that. And if you're listening, definitely reach out to me at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. I love to build community and hear from you. And if you know of anyone that wants to be on the show or you want to be on the show, or if you want to be a sponsor of the show, we are really looking to grow this show globally and expand and offer more and more opportunities for women to thrive unapologetically. So I look forward to hearing from you and we'll be right back after this short break. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. 
Hello, and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We are here with Melanie Dorian. And Melanie, we have a very short segment left, so I want to dive right back in. And, you know, the services that you offer are, you know, phenomenal, and you're having such incredible results. And, you know, currently what you're offering is a little bit out of reach and a stretch for a lot of people and especially the population that relies heavily on health insurance. And, and as you mentioned, you know, you, you have members that come in and they may be ready, but there might be this, uh, there could be this obstacle, like we can't afford these services right now. And I know you have this bigger mission, like you have this incredible um, model that you've created and you're seeing that you really want to get it out there. So how, what is next? Like, how can we get this model out there in a way that is affordable for the masses? Thank you about that, because I've been working really diligently now for it's almost five years at creating a corporate wellness program that is based in the functional be vital philosophy. And my goal is to get this into as many companies as possible in Virginia and the U.S. And so make this philosophy, this functional medicine, be vital philosophy accessible to the masses we, we're in a huge healthcare crisis. I think we can all agree with that. But really what one of the bigger crises is the cost of healthcare for employers and employees. But employers right now are getting buried by increased costs, which have gone up by 30, 40% for them, for the employers. And we're mandated, right, to like offer um, health, well, not mandated, but like there's uh, employers offer health insurance. And right now, the current model is the big anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Optima, and people don't know that there's any other options. The cost to offer that to an employee is uh, becoming cost prohibitive. It is not a a strategy that is sustainable long-term right now with the cost to the employers. So what I've done is I've created a solution that employers can implement into their company and do disease chronic disease prevention or chronic disease identification, prevention, and or management so that all companies have a wellness solution that they have access to. So what I do is I come into a company and it's it's voluntary, so employees can participate if they want to. And then we do very targeted, very specific functional testing to identify key risk factors for chronic diseases. And then they work with the health coaches. Again, it's a diet lifestyle coaching first model. They work with the coaches at changing their diet, working at stress management, quitting smoking, any other, like if they need to reduce their alcohol intake. So they work at all these risk factors, diet and lifestyle risk factors with the coaches. And then when we get the lab results, we really get uh, confirmation of certain disease processes. And then we start working I put, again, it's a little bit of medicine. Not a, It's not a model where it's medicine first. It's a diet and lifestyle program first. So what I do then is I work with the coaches or the provider who's evaluating these results, works with the coaches to make sure that proper diet and lifestyle strategies are implemented. And then we also start looking at what else medically can be done. Uh, how more closely do we need to work with the primary care provider to help this person? What can we do with other strategies to prevent this from turning into uh, diabetes is an, as an easy example because it's estimated that 80% of, so about 35% of the population has blood sugar issues. And 80% of that 
those don't know they have it. So there's millions of people walk around with blood sugar issues, diabetes or non-diabetes, pre-diabetes, and they don't know it. So a big part of what I do is that's one of the things that I help identify. And when there is a blood sugar issue, then I work really closely with clearly that employee and uh, the the health coaches to implement a strategy that's diet and lifestyle based to reverse that. And my corporate wellness program is a year long program. So if you're an employer and you're listening to this and you're just really frustrated with increase in healthcare costs, well, it's valid because the data is really crazy. Um, the increase, the burden, the financial burden to the employers, but there are strategies out there. And I just recently got, I had the privilege to be invited to talk about my corporate wellness program in a model, a group, a consortium of people who have all pooled their resources and their knowledge together. And it's part of an independent, private, self-funded insurance. So outside of the traditional insurance model, outside of the big, you know, Optima, Anthem, Blue Shield, you name it, outside of that, it's private insurance. And they are providing increase, uh, they're providing better care to their employees at a much lower cost. And now what we're looking to do is to put a wellness chronic disease prevention solution into these insurance plans that are non-traditional self-funded or private insurance plan so that every company can have access to at least prevention. Because again, allopathic medicine, their goal is to diagnose disease and manage the symptom or the disease. It's not to prevent it. That is not what they do. But this model now starts looking at allowing the primary care providers more time to start looking and thinking about disease prevention and then including a corporate wellness program like mine that is aimed specifically at identifying, preventing, and reversing chronic diseases. So now like corporations, companies, employees have access to better primary care and to preventive care to and more holistic management care if there is a, a chronic disease. So there are options. And I want to give you hope, not just that there's a different way of managing chronic diseases, but if you're an employer or you're an employee, ask your employer to change what they're doing. Request it. If more and more employees say, I do not want to pay this darn copay or whatever it is every month with Anthem or with Optima or Blue Cross Blue Shield, be done with it. It is our responsibility as consumers to be educated and to say no. And I tell people like, for example, women in medicine, we have been gaslit for years. We are being gaslighted that everything's normal, yet we don't even get testing. We don't even get proper referral. Again, this is not a conspiracy theory. The data supports it, that women are being gaslit in medicine, while also consumers of healthcare, we are being gaslit that there's no other solution. That's just how it is. You're going to pay $600 a month for, and your employer is going to have to pay, you know, $600 also for no And it care. might not even cover everything that you need. Um, exactly. No so, access. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I had this vision when you're talking, I often see things when people are speaking and I see this, this health insurance as this, 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 force that is just gouging, like gorging itself on greed. And it's just pushing itself. It's going to kill itself because it's so greedy is what I feel is happening. And I love how you're like, you're not going to change the health, the health, the healthcare system or the health insurance companies. What you're doing is you're coming in a 
kind of from the side door and saying, okay, I'm going to come in to these corporations and start offering them another solution. And then when you have access to these corporations and they're starting to change the way that they um, provide healthcare for their, for their employees, then it's going to undermine the power that these health insurance companies have. It's going to start to, and they're going to start to have to pay attention because money, like for them, because they're so greedy, when they're hit in their pocketbooks, then they're going to start to pay attention. So I love this Correct. approach because you're actually approaching the the problems that we're having with our healthcare system by actually helping to support people in a really deep and nurturing way and giving them back power and and helping to re-educate them on what is actually possible. So I really love this approach. Yeah, it, there needs to be a huge re-education. There are options. Employers do have options. They can turn to these self-funded insurance companies, insurance plans, and private insurance plans, and just decline the narrative that they're going to have to be pay, paying and wasting, in some instances, millions of dollars. You, one of the examples that was shared yesterday is someone, uh, an employee, needed to get imaging done and was in the hospital and the physician in the ER said, okay, just walk down the hall and go get your MRI there. And one of the things that they say in the private insurance world is never listen to walk down the hall and do whatever. Don't get a second opinion and then call us, right? Yeah. Like nurse navigators or nurse coordinators are people who are helping coordinate care in the private insurance realm. And sure enough, he's like, no, I'm not walking down the hall. So he calls his nurse coordinator, nurse navigator. She found a hospital down the street who provides better, higher quality orthopedic care. And the imaging was going to be about $2,200. He got that imaging done for $800. So the cost to the insurance plan went from $2,200 to $800 in a better hospital. And he saw an orthopedist that day to receive care. And the other hospital was saying, it's probably going to be about two weeks for you to see the top, top orthopedist that we have for this, whatever going on. So this is what is happening. And this is what's possible when you actually pull resources, you work together, you work collaboratively, and you're ju not just invested in mm -hmm. greedy and in the finances where you actually want better outcomes and better care to your employees. So, but it's only because they went, they had a private insurance or self-funded insurance plan at this company that the employee was able to receive better care. And this was the nurse navigator, yeah. nurse coordinator, who was telling me this story because she she coordinated that care. She's like, let me make a couple phone calls. Don't, no, definitely do not get the MRI down the hall. We're going to get you better quality yeah. care. Potentially, it could have been that that was the best care, but because he and this got is a really great model because it's really, um, you know, this is women thriving unapologetically. And we talk often about this. This is about collaboration and a new way of doing things, and what is nurtured, what is nurturing and sustainable and uh, and generative. And so what you're doing is offering all of this for uh, and a new approach to wellness. And I really appreciate that. And I know we're right up at the very end of our show. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that they can contact you through Be Vital Health and, and definitely reach out to Melanie because she has so many things to offer. And she has off the, also the, the free educational classes that you can drop in on. And so with this last few seconds... Can you say in just a couple of words what thriving unapologetically means to you? 
it's really a place where women totally share how they've stepped into their power and just continue to inspire other women to continue doing that Own your power, step into it. Ladies, you know, you know, what's in your heart and you need to execute that, you know, because when we're not, we're doing a disservice to so many people on the planet. And this is a platform that just allows women to share that. How have we stepped into our feminine and into our power? And what are we doing about it? And this is just a place to inspire women. And that's what it means to me is just an opportunity. It's been such a privilege uh, to be able to share that from my perspective and my lens. But this is what Yay. this show yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So definitely reach out to Melanie Dorian at Be Vital Health and yeah, I look forward to having you back on the show because I and hearing how things progress. And so if you're listening, definitely reach out and stay connected because this is a community of women that are rising and thriving together. So my friends, we will be back here next week at the same time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, many blessings and much love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.